Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm not as frustrated as your school bus drivers, but I'm, I'm getting there. I spent a lot of time at a few of your campuses um, in the last week. I had to deal with an issue with a student being jumped and then the student who was jumped being put up for expulsion in this district. I've had to deal with a student from a powder puff game doing a move in a game being suspended, home suspension, on campus suspension, being placed on the no activities list. And my question to Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm not as frustrated as your school bus drivers, but I'm, I'm getting there. I spent a lot of time at a few of your campuses um, in the last week. I had to deal with an issue with a student being jumped and then the student who was jumped being put up for expulsion in this district. I've had to deal with a student from a powder puff game doing a move in a game being suspended home suspension on campus suspension being placed on the no activities list and my question to you since i'm listening to um you talk about bullying prevention what happens when the bullies are your staff your administrators your teachers what recourse do families in this community have when their children are being targeted unwarrantedly? Thank goodness someone gave them my phone number. Because if I would not have shown up, you would have another black student expelled out of this district because your administrators don't know how to investigate. They don't ask the right questions. They don't get all the information. They jump to conclusions and we're left to pick up the pieces of our children who are crying, trying to figure out why adults don't like them. I'm gonna need y'all to pull it together. What more do you want us in the community to do? Because I'm tired of picking up the pieces broken by your administrators and your teachers. So now I wanna know what the consequences are gonna be. We in here, we in here. Cause we've been here We in here Yeah, we in here Cause we've been here We in here Yeah, we in here Cause we can't get rid of us now We in here Yeah, we in here Cause we can't get rid of us now We in here Yeah, we in here Cause we can't get rid of us now We in here Yeah, we in here Cause we can't get rid of us now That's it. Hey, 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 happy Monday, party people. Welcome back to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and we have a treat for you today. 
because we're going to come off the cuff. Um, there's been a lot of things happening um, here in our school district where we reside and others around the way. But before we get started, I don't know where Matt is, but he's going to get on here pretty soon. Uh, oh, there he is. Hey there. Hey, uh, let's go ahead and start with our young ladies. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves uh, so we can get the party started. Let's start with you, Melissa. Hi everyone, my name is Melissa and I am a 15 year old sophomore in the Southern California area. Perfect. Welcome back to the party, Miss Jada. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Lova. Hi guys, my name is Jada and I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area. Perfect. And you know, the hostess, the co-hostess with the mostest, uh, Matthew Grady, go ahead and say what's up. And you on mute, and I know you tried to howl at us. Uh, oh. We missed it. <laughs> I'm, always I'm always howling at mute, and it's like a signature for me or something. <laughs> difficulties. I am Matt M16 Grady, res uh, born and raised native of Durham, North Carolina, based out of Los Angeles County now and all of California. And I am keeping my eyes on you folks because I don't know who raised you. <laughs> I don't know who raised them either. <laughs> So last time, last week, we've had a lot go on since last week. We want to give a shout out to both uh, Miss Trinity and Miss Anaya, who were both uh, part of their homecoming royalty, the, the royal court. Um, they didn't get the queen or whatever that's called, but, you know, we still want to acknowledge them for uh, even being selected to participate in that. So that's a shout out for them. Um, we do have a story. And before I push play on it, um, I do want you all to know that the parent, one of the parents is in the building. Um, she will have her camera off because she has been working and she's not sleeping because of what has happened to her daughter on the school campus. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that and then we'll come back and we'll get the conversation started. Check this out. Still don't get it. Charles and Heather Washington say they still don't understand what exactly their daughter Ariana is accused of doing in the locker room at Albiani Middle School. She's fun loving, uh, high spirited. The school never called them to explain why, as discipline, the 12 year old was banned from changing there for gym class and forced to change in the bathroom instead. But on Tuesday this week, with the locker room off limits and the bathroom filled with other students, Ariana felt that she had no choice but to change outside on the blacktop in front of the locker room. A lot of tears, but she has expressed just anxiety in general. You've gone from a star student, which is still a star, but you're, being, you're, you're unnecessarily being harassed and you're not used to that. And then as a father, you can't even imagine how I feel. Why is that justification to punitively handle her, not speak to her parents? Lorraine Pryor with the Black Youth Leadership Project says black students at Elk Grove Unified often face steeper punishments for the same infractions. A February report suspending our future singles out the district for suspending more black students than any other district in California. And for the longest time, we've been being told that there's not a problem, that they're doing so much better, that, you know, the numbers are not the real numbers, but, you know, people lie, numbers don't. Is the district aware of the report and have you made changes? Yeah, I mean, we re we've definitely recognized and first of all, accept the challenges that, um, it takes to address disproportionate discipline in our schools. And we do definitely acknowledge the 2018-19 data. But Ariana's parents can't help but feel this has something to do with their daughter's race. 
What I see is there's no empathy for the black child. You know, it's, it, there, there's no empathy. And I think that's a big word. All right. So Miss Heather is here. Um, I'm going to pull her up just real quick. Um, there's a couple things that I want to point out with, with this before we get uh, Miss Heather's uh, reaction to what we just played. Um, number one, it seems to be this district's MO that they want to talk about. This is 2018-2019 numbers. That is the last full year pre-COVID. Um, that is the most recent data available to us, so they need to knock it off. Number two, when I hear him ask, are you making changes? There was no answer. And so that tells me that they are not making changes. And number three, the thing that's most egregious to me is that they don't even talk about what we're talking about right now. That's happening in 2021. So with that said, let me uh, go ahead and bring Miss Heather on. Miss Heather, you can hear us, yes? Yes, I can. Perfect. So um, we've been, what, we met a couple weeks ago, last week? I don't even know, because it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, but can well, you it's, been, of... it's been a lot because everything's have been happening every other day, it seems like, at the school, so. Yeah, and so can you tell us about your baby? Just tell us about her. What what type of baby girl is she? Sure. Um, so my daughter's 12, uh, seventh grader. Uh, she is a principal's list and honor roll student. Uh, she started her own business in the fifth grade and still maintains that today. And what She's business also, is that? What business uh, is it? It's Rains, Candles, and Soaps. So she's the CEO and maker and production line all in one. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's also a child that's already identified her major in college. Um, she wants to do in interior design. And her number one college choice, and we've already visited the campus, that's how dedicated she is, is uh, Howard, Howard University. So we're on the road. We're, we heard that that was the real HU. I mean, we had some students <laughs> going back and <laughs> forth about it, uh, but we're hearing that that's the real HU. So she's determined, she's she's focused. And so with, with this thing that has happened on her school campus, can you kind of just, I know the news story kind of glossed over it, but can you kind of tell us what went on or, or the history behind what's been going on uh, with your daughter? Yes, um, so back in August, um, on an unknown date, and the reason it's unknown is because we never received any communication from the school. Uh, my daughter was pulled into the VP's office uh, because an alleged eighth grader, again alleged because no paperwork or documentation of this exists, advised my daughter, looked at her while they were changing in the locker room. So my daughter, being a new seventh grader on campus, you, you know, just was didn't understand why she was in there but she she stood up for herself let let them know she was in the locker room changing for pe um my daughter's five six and 12 so she's like the big homie <laughs> of her friends um so she was helping block one of her friends who was a little bit more shy um you know because she was having to change um so my daughter advised the vp of that However, at that time, the VP had her locker moved away from her friend 
and put her in front of the, the PE teacher's locker room office. So discipline number one that we weren't advised of. Um, Ariana came home and told us about it, but we didn't think anything of it because we never got anything from the school. And Ariana, just being new to the campus, didn't want her mom and dad <laughs> up at the campus seeing what was going on. <laughs> um, so that was back in August. So it, it started there. Um, and then on Monday, September 20th, I, I received a phone call from Ariana. Uh, she was distraught and crying because the same VP pulled her into the office again because the same alleged eighth grader said she was looking around the locker room. So this whole time, my daughter's under the impression she's done something wrong. Um, we immediately are at the school within 10 minutes because we live, you know, just a couple minutes away and my husband's retired and then I work graveyard. So luckily we were available. Mm -hmm. uh, we sat with the VP and the principal. Uh, they did apologize verbally for not advising us back in August. But they kept saying, don't worry, it was nothing major and just a minor incident. She needs, to, she just needs to be in and out of the locker room. Okay. So let me stop you there. Let me stop you there because mm -hmm. I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. Both Jada and Melissa, you guys have taken PE. You guys have been in a locker room. Is it uncommon for you to look around the locker room as you're changing? No, it's just, it's, it's just not like, what do you like I don't know it just seems so weird like if I want to have a conversation with somebody am I just supposed to stare in my locker the whole time where they're talking to me like it's just it's just weird it's just weird to just not have eyes I mean I don't know it's just Melissa what you think is it, no, is I, it... I, it's not uncommon you're in surroundings you're gonna just look around and it's not like in a weird way like Jada said if you're having a conversation you're gonna look to that person you're not gonna stare in front of you because oh I can't look around at where I am it's there's no like bad intentions it was it, it's not like that and it's 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 interesting that you use the word bad intentions the words bad intentions because this is a 12 year old we're talking about um I'm assuming junior high is the first time you guys had to change in a locker room can you kind of tell us as young ladies what that's like to have to change in front of people, period, you know, as you're going into a new school. Can you kind of paint the picture for us? What is that like? What are you thinking? Okay, so I had been homeschooled basically all the way up until middle school. I was 12 um, in the seventh grade. So the same age as Ariana going into a public school and having to change in the locker room for the first time. So she was blocking her friend. I would have been that friend because I'm not used to changing in front of other people. So it's just, it's an it's a new environment that you're going into, not just as someone coming out of being homeschooled, but going into junior high. Everything mm -hmm. is new and different. Jada, what do you think? I remember um, being a seventh grader and, you know, when the PE teacher's like, hi, yes, this is the locker rooms. This is where you guys are all going to change. You know, you hear people be like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe we have to change. And then the teacher talked about, don't be immature about it. You all have the same thing. It's not, it's not like you guys are naked. You guys have clothes on. You're changing from one outfit to another. It's not that deep. So it's just, I, I just think it's common maturity. It's like, okay, you got to change. And if you're uncomfortable about it, I don't know. I, I don't know. Matt, I see you. Are you in deep thought? What are you? What's going on with I'm, you? What are you? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely confused. Okay. 
I, I noticed you asked him a young lady standpoint, but I'm going to tell you a, a kid standpoint because we've all been kids before. Locker rooms ain't just get invented. So I can only imagine my child who's been homeschooled all her life going to the gym and doing these few things. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of looking at just that could be one thing. That's a, it's a teenage girl. She's looking around, probably, you know, and then also she sees a younger girl that maybe not feel comfortable. Come here, let me block you. Uh, or, or just, I don't see one denominator that makes somebody say, that girl's looking at me. And then a grown person say, she was, well, we're going to put it into this. We're going to put it into this. There's going to be no more kid looking in the locker rooms. So it's just like, who raised you? And are you that ignorant or are you that conniving that you're looking for mm. any reason to get rid of any black boy or girl who even sniffs the wrong way like the second they enrolled you didn't want them there mm. oh my god to you hbcus out there can we invest into some black uh middle and high school uh campuses please i know it ain't no hbcs like hbcus over here but hey look y'all see what's going on on the west coast who raised these people man <laughs> My thoughts about it are if the person who said that, oh, yeah, that girl was looking around, if that made her uncomfortable, why did they remove the girl who was looking around from the situation? If it makes you uncomfortable, let's help you out. Let's remove you from an uncomfortable and, and environment. Isn't she the one who went and told that she felt uncomfortable about something? Yeah, Allegedly. Allegedly. So same, the same student back in August and then allegedly the same student on September 20th. So but we don't know, but we don't know because no paperwork's been received and no mediation ever occurred between the two students. So it's not what? even, so it's not even, we don't even know for sure if a student said something then. Facts. Woo! 100%, 100%. And it's not the fact that there's no, no paperwork of, on this, there's no paperwork of her ever being called to the office. There's no paperwork of any discipline going forward. All this baby girl knows is she's being moved from the locker room and then she's being the, well, Miss Heather, go go to Monday okay. and then we'll yeah. come on because I'm about yeah. to jump ahead. So let's go back <laughs> so, to Monday. Wouldn't you contact yeah. a parent as soon as you no, feel they like there's something inappropriate, so-called? You, you would think, but. Yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so back in August, no phone call, no email from the school. Monday, September 20th, um, just to catch up, Ariana was pulled in again because of the same alleged eighth grader. The VP banned her from the locker room and changed her school schedule. No phone call or email again from the school, but her father and I, as soon as we got the phone call from our daughter, we were at the school. So that's because where we- they never called yeah. you, right? They never Correct. called you. And I got phone logs, I got all the documentation, you know, just because they tried to say that in the meeting, they called us. I was like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> Here's my phone. Hmm. So. so she was pulled back in on the 20th. Uh, she mm -hmm. calls you and then you guys go up to the school. Correct. Okay. So what happened next? So at that time we sat with the VP who enacted all the discipline and the principal sat in on the meeting. We didn't know it was the principal at first because no introduction was made. Um, we were put under the impression Ariana violated some policy. Uh, we were just there to learn, you know, what happened. And um, at that time, they 
referenced the verbal directive given by the VP in August, Ariana failed to get in and out of the locker room timely. And so we, we at that, oh, <laughs> we at that time thought something like maybe she didn't follow a syllabus or something like that, but we didn't have it in front of us. But in any case, we advised the punishment of being banned from the locker room as well as the schedule change was unacceptable. It wasn't something we were accepting regardless. In that meeting, they wouldn't overturn their decision. They actually ended the meeting saying they had other things to get to. Uh, we tried to stand our ground, stay in there and prolong the meeting, um, which at that time when they knew they we weren't leaving, uh, they scheduled a meeting for Wednesday, September 22nd. So that night, my husband and I read through all the district information and the instructions on our PE syllabus regarding locker room behavior. Uh, based on the PE syllabus, she has to be in and out of the locker room within five minutes, otherwise she would get a tardy on her record. We pulled up her record, no tardy since the beginning of the school year, and there was nothing in the PE syllabus saying that their eyes had to be on the ground or anything like that. So I'll pause there just because I could, this is a long story. So so that's where we're at as of Monday night. So you said that they refused to overturn their discipline. So what exactly was she being disciplined for? Uh, at that time, they were telling us a verbal directive back in August to be in and out of the locker room. That's what we were told. And so in their... In their thinking, they think that this 12-year-old was moving about life, trying to recall every conversation she had in August to then be on these. Anyway, so she, she but, it <laughs> it but it gets better. It gets better. But it gets better. You about so to not have only... Matt jump out of his skin. <laughs> so Matt, Matt not only... <laughs> Go ahead. So... So not only did she have no tardies on her record, so we have actual documentation. She's followed the rules, paper documentation. But of course, we asked our daughter, you know, what happened? You know, what what was your side of the story? And my daughter has asthma. So come to find out at the time of this eighth graders alleged accusation, she was at my daughter was actually with the PE teacher still in PE clothes because she was having an asthma attack that required her inhaler. So the PE teacher was actually with her at the time of the second allegation. So, okay. <laughs> so now we have paper documentation. She was actually with uh, um, her teacher, which lets you know that they didn't do any investigation or this is completely fabricated at this point. Right. So that's where we're at as parents. So since, she, so since she violated so-called policies, um, uh, what about these VP and them violating uh, child endangerment? Uh, what about that? What about the policies of reporting any so-called uh, heinous act or any inappropriate act, alleged or true? What happened to those policies? Look at all the policies they're breaking. And because there's no record or recollection of anything, it allows me to speculate that either the child or even the child's parent could have come to the school and saw the new girl and said, I don't want her in class with my kid. And someone may have shown a favoritism. That all that, we got something better to do. Yeah. has a hidden agenda to it. And it has something deeper than just that girl. There's somebody involved, there's some favoritism. And that's, uh, uh, 
Don't, yeah. Don't so we, go, oh my God. Yeah. So we posed, um, we posed some of those questions, which I'll get to because something even worse happened <laughs> the following day. So before I get into that, I'll pause, Laureen, because I don't want to just keep talking if you need me to pause. No, I, I just think that, you know, Matt has a point, right? Because they're talking about this 12-year-old and what she allegedly violated, but then they're not following any policies and procedures that they have on books to actually make sure this situation is mitigated in a way that makes sense. So she's 12. If she's done something, wouldn't it be advantageous for them to kind of let her know what she's done? If she's done something, if it's a behavior they're trying to correct, shouldn't I know what it is that you're accusing me of doing before I can adjust my behavior? It's sad it's that they got a nerve to look at a lot of us like, we can do this. They don't have that much of a support system. Ain't nobody going to come. Ain't nobody yeah. going to stand no ground, especially for our Black women. Yeah, and, and girls, because we're talking about girls right now. And girls. Uh, yes, Melissa, were you trying to say something? Yeah, and while we're talking about policies, what about no bullying? Because it sounds like this eighth grade girl is picking on this seventh grade girl who in the second allegation is with a teacher, meaning that it's pretty much fabricated. There's basically proof that it didn't happen. So where is that policy coming into play? Right. And these That's are girls, but they are being cultivated. I just will correct myself. They are being they are being cultivated and whatever they learn between Six and 18 is going to be pretty much their paradigm. Mm. What my thing about this is, is that this is not her first, the eighth graders first, but her second allegation towards the same seventh grader, which means you would have to be looking at her to notice her looking at other people. Why are your eyes on her for not one time, Ooh. but the second time you are obsessed? Why are you obsessed? Two. You're an eighth grader, which means you know what it's like to be a seventh grader in this new environment. You know, you've never done this before. And you're ba like Melissa said, you're basically bullying her. Like, don't don't act brand new. Like you haven't felt a little uncomfortable at first as a seventh grader, changing in front of a bunch of people. Like it's a new environment. Like, I don't So you think yeah, it's and, and we teach our daughter anyway to keep her head on a swivel. So no matter what environment she's in, she's supposed to look around to make sure her safety's Number one, so the thin line between jealousy and admiration. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so that was Monday. So take us to Tuesday. What happened Tuesday? Sure. So after um, my husband and I read through, like I said, all the district information and her PE syllabus on Tuesday morning um, at seven fifty-five, I sent an email to the VP and the principal advising that there should be no disciplinary action based on the rules dictated in her PE syllabus and not violating any Elk Grove written policy or procedure. And then I further demanded that they need to, to reverse their decision immediately regarding her being banned from the locker room and the class schedule change. They never responded. So then we come to 1121 that same morning or that same day, I received a phone call from my daughter. Um, she was completely uh, hysterical because she was denied access to the locker room. So then she walked to the bathroom to change. She's trying to problem solve here. The bathroom was full and my daughter was unable to enter the bathroom because of it being full with girls. And remember, this is also an honor roll student who doesn't want to be late to class. <laughs> 
So she went back to the locker room where she was once again denied access. And in order to not be late for PE and not be docked um, her PE credit for that day, she had to change outside on the blacktop in public view for PE. So I'll pause there because <laughs> there's a lot more. Mm, my problem. Mm, it's annoying and it's frustrating that you have to make this girl, put this girl in an uncomfortable situation to make the other person comfortable. That's mm. my problem with this. Because like I had said before, if the girl was uncomfortable, you remove that single person from it, from the uncomfortable environment. Like, it's just common sense. If you're uncomfortable, let me help you out. Not if you're uncomfortable, let me move this other girl, make her uncomfortable. And let's just not care about her because you're what we're focused on. If she was what you're worried about, you would use common sense and actually find a solution. This is just doing extra. It's extra, it's a lot of extra. I, I, do, I do commend her for being a seventh grader but but having the patience and sense to still attempt to, like he said, keep her head on a swivel. Because the way this game is, young ladies is it, and boys, it is designed, it is not designed for you to succeed the, the way a lot of people do it. There is a design for you to succeed, but there are people who design things for you not to. And with that being said, it's just, they are clearly showing favoritism to someone, be it through the parent, the student or whatever, I don't want to see no sign at that school that says we equally care about the children's success and safety because the opposite is happening. Who raised um, Elk Lodge? I mean, Grove. Elk Lodge. <laughs> he like, called hey. it Elk Lodge. <laughs> because it's just some higher ups in there trying to run the show and not even caring about the kids. So I call it the Elk Lodge. No disrespect yeah. to my traveling men out there. Don't come get me. It's humorous not in like oh this is a funny situation but it's humorous to see that their logic within the situation is it's inappropriate for a young lady who's changing around other young ladies to have her eyes just not in front of her at some times but it's okay for her to change out in the blacktop in front of public view like so it's inappropriate for her to be in the locker room in a safer place but oh okay Okay. Well, what I'm what I'm wondering about the locker room. So, when she went back to the locker room, could it be assumed that most of the girls were already out? So, if she was going back um, after trying to problem solve, you know, the other times, and she was going back to try to change into her clothes, why wasn't she given enough grace to just go in and change? Like, especially if this alleged eighth grader had already come out. Like I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the punitive well, and, nature. And Go the ahead. eighth grader doesn't have PE until after the seventh grader, so the eighth grader is not even there. The eighth grader and my daughter, I don't, I don't only, understand. Only cross, yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> I don't <understand>. exactly. <laughs> Wait, Yeah, I so, exactly. So this girl's not even in the same time block for the PE. No, class? yeah. So the seventh. So my daughter essentially is changing into regular clothes from PE when the eighth graders are coming in changing for PE. So when my daughter has to change for PE, the eighth graders not even in there. I'm gonna go ahead and say this because I was holding back. <laughs> I am curious. I am curious too as when it started, what ethnic group and type of person was in there first? And then when they switched the schedule, where is it? Because if the obvious what I think is obvious, 
we got a whole nother problem. Like you trying to do some, uh, uh, you, your type needs to shower and change over there. And we don't want you over here. That I am kind of like afraid. Are you saying yeah, segregation? I, I don't want to say that because I don't want to say that. And I don't want to believe that, but this is, this is who raised these people, man. Well, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. So your like, question is to what? say something like that, to regulate, you know, it, if this was a little, I'm gonna go ahead and just be direct. If this was a little white girl who went home, I don't like the girl that's in the locker room and I don't like the way she looks at me. I just don't like how she looks at me. Frankly, I'm gonna go tell um, the principal because they know my aunt or my mom. You just, it goes that deep, but it should yeah. not carry over into the school or the educational system. Well, this is the educational system. And it's but they'll be mad when we, pull all our kid, when we pull all our kids out and start building our own um, You know, I'm a proponent for that. But anyway, I can only do what I can with my one. But um, I'm a proponent for that because I don't believe everybody deserves access to our children. Everybody is not going to care for them in the way that they need to be cared for. And this is a prime example of just a young lady trying to, you know, do what she normally does, get, get on through the routine of her school day and mm -hmm. it's disrupted and then to find out that the girl ain't even in the same damn pe class at the same time i'm confused now not even in the same class or grade like i'm just confused it just doesn't make sense to me and they have to make it make sense and just so everybody knows we did reach out uh now twice uh to try to sit down with the administration over at uh albiani middle school and also the district and we've not gotten any response. So that's why the news report came out. And if they continue to ignore us, we'll just ratchet up a little bit. Um, but Heather, go back to Tuesday because after y'all yeah. got to, to it campus, ain't over yet. <laughs> I know. Well, like, well, well, I got more before we're even on campus. Okay. So okay. so she's calling us, you know, upset, you know, letting us know she just had to change outside. Uh, the PE teacher then sub subsequently comes up to her and tells her she's too close to the locker room and her phone was confiscated and she was escorted to the office. And then her friend started calling me at that point just of what was happening. No phone call again received, no written communication from the school, and there's no record in the online portal synergy that this ever happened again. So there's no record of her being pulled back up to the office or her having to change outside. But because our daughter called us, again, my husband and I were back up at the school within like 15 minutes. Like I, I jumped out of a dental chair <laughs> and zoomed to the, to the school. Um, it gets worse. <laughs> so my husband and I are at the school uh, demanding to be seen by the principal. The office assistant calls the principal over their handheld radios because it's about mid-morning lunchtime. We have to wait about 15 to 20 minutes for the principal to come in. But when she comes into the office, she walked in with an armed Elk Grove police officer. Luckily, sadly, when I say luckily, my wait, husband- Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. Cause I'm looking at people's faces and, and the young lady's about to jump out of their seats. It's not even Matt right now. I'm watching their faces as you're talking. Melissa. <laughs> so much just happened in like two minutes. Hold on. So she gets her phone confiscated because she's too close to the locker room. 
No one cares about the fact that she's changing outside. They just care that she's too close to the locker room that she was banned for no reason. And then there's a police officer that comes to greet the parents. That makes no sense. It shows that the system does not care about the well-being of Black students at all. They see us as threats and they see us as smaller than them that they have to control and they have to belittle and make us feel bad. There was Mm. nothing right about that situation at all. Jada's shaking her head still. I'm too flabbergasted to have any thought or opinion on this right now. It's, it's, it's just too much for no reason. It's too much. It's unnecessary. It's too much. And like Melissa said, this this is a prime example of how little the school cares about black students. This is a prime example. And then they'd be like, oh, I don't understand. We, we treat everybody equal. Do you? Do you? Because instead of, like Melissa said, focusing on the fact that she's changing outside, oh, no, you're, you're too close to the locker room. Would you want me to change in the middle of the blacktop? Like, what are you telling me? Like, it's disrespectful. That was disrespectful. That was so disrespectful. Oh, my God. Matt, I see you. I don't know what's going on over there, but I think – I'm looking at a bunch of emotion on your face. So why don't you tell me about that? Uh, um, as a man, you want to be a protector. You really do. And it makes you so mad because what you're capable of doing is the same thing that getting kids taken away from us. And it's fucking hard. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. I'm crying because there's so much I want to do, and I know every other man would and going to do. And they expect they expect us not to have a support system. They expect there to be no man in sight. And the second he show up, I'm telling you, man, they ready. They want to keep you unarmed, young ladies. They want to keep, they want to, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it doesn't, it's it's not in your best interest. Mm. I really suggest that we all start homeschooling and we teach our children, uh, we get, we work back on their mental health, their financial literacy, knowing that their power of emotions and vibrational frequencies can change their reality and their color, their skin, and their circumstances ain't got nothing to do with how they treat you all. That's how somebody's treating you. That's not who it's your worth is. That's right. And I'm, and I'm tired of it. I was and even so- fooled into thinking that that's uh, all right until I got old enough to understand that too. So... Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick. And some of us want to walk like Martin Luther King. Some of us want to bust your head like Malcolm X. And we're running out of answers. Mm. And I think that you bring up a good point, Matt, because Charles, the father in the situation, of course he wants to be a protector. Of course, in that situation, it could have been worse. Um, And I'm going to let Heather finish her story. But these are things that our our families are having to deal with and having to reconcile our feelings about what it is that we're seeing and what's transpiring and how our children are being handled. And it just doesn't affect one student in one family, 
the more of us that are aware of it, if we lack empathy, we will let this stuff go on. But if we're tired, sick and tired of being doggone sick and tired, we're going to act. And, you know, that's just where I'm at with it. I don't have time to babysit people and their feelings, uh, their, their tears, their um, emotions when they're in the wrong. I don't care how the administration feels, how the district feels. What I care about is Ariana. And I want her to be healthy, happy, and whole. That's it. There's not, that's non-negotiable. And so we as the community, as a community of folks, we have to kind of assume the position. If we're not going to take our babies up out of this system, we got to get ready to fight. Right. We just have to. Our generation, I can at least say with my generation, a lot of us throughout school and our peers, we used to pick on each other and be like, ah, you police, you this or that. And it's funny because a lot of us need to, and this is one reason why I, love and gravitated to the black youth leadership program so much is because instead of us breaking down or or fighting in the typical ways learning the legal system learning the jargon learning how to use your emotion is control it be patient and being leaders and, and and attacking it and starting to get people to hold accountability without turning to what they try to label you as and that's wild uneducated and unaware that is like I can't stress it enough to guys keep doing that and do not back down because that's the only way they're going to listen is when they're exposed and held accountable for and the right way is consistently over and over over right. and over right and shout out to Miss Tawana for, for real for real like they they want to keep our kids feeling isolated and alone and and that's how it's been for so long our kids would come home and they would tell us that these folks are doing something to them and we would err on the side of the teacher and we have to get to the point where we listen to our kids and then we make them show us what our kids have done because it's it's not a coincidence that this stuff is happening more often to our children it's not a coincidence these folks want to subjugate and control send them into the world thinking that unjust things it's okay to happen to them yeah. And it ain't happening yeah. this time because we're going to teach our kids. That's right. That's right. Miss Heather, do you want to finish? Go ahead and finish out Tuesday because you you were, you were stopped that she walked in <laughs> with an armed secure, uh, Elk Grove police uh, officer. Yeah, mm-hmm. actual police officer. So, you know, that could have gone left real quick. But luckily, you know, you never know God's blessings. But um, my husband's a Kappa. The officer also was a Kappa, so they immediately recognized each other. Um, and the Elk Grove police officer realized what the principal was doing because it was clear that she just brought him in as an intimidation tactic. He immediately excused himself from the office. Mm. So, you know, he left wanting no part in, in what she was trying to do. So, um, you know, we had a 20 minute meeting with. The principal at that point it went round and round um she had no empathy for ariana she just kept saying she could have waited for the bathroom but then again she would have been docked if she did that um and then when we kept pushing her and pressuring her to tell us what written policy ariana violated she kept us right for seeing this verbal directive and we wouldn't let it down so we just kept interrupting her nope what's your written policy? No, what's your written policy? No, what's your written policy? 
at that time, she became so visibly frustrated that she then proceeded to fabricate a statement saying that our daughter made a sexual comment to this alleged eighth grader back in August. And so then at that point, she just sexualized my daughter and questioned her sexual orientation. Um, at that point, we were done because um, she she pulled that, you know, I don't want to cuss because we still got a lot of process to go. Um, but it was a blatant fabricated lie because just the day prior, mind you, again, they apologized and told us it was a minor, not a major incident back in August. Um, so now you have a principal not only decimated her by having to have her change outside, but now you just assassinated her character. Um, mm -hmm. So it didn't stop there, because uh, I know I don't, I don't want to take up too much more time. Um, we went to the district. They did overturn um, her being banned from the locker room and her schedule change, because um, the next day we got a call from her counselor advising us. Um, well, I'll clarify that. We didn't get a call. Ariana got called to the office again. She was panicking. She called me. I called the school saying, don't talk to my daughter. I don't even want you alone with her. Um, so they let me know when I called that her schedule was being changed. Um, then the following day, so now we're on Thursday, September 23rd, uh, the VP and her counselor came into Ariana's English class walked around to make their presence known, walked by Ariana um, and exited the classroom. This hadn't been done all school year until now. So now we got intimidation and retaliatory behavior. Mm -hmm. And then the following Monday, the principal did the same thing in a different class of Ariana's, came back, came and sat in the back of the classroom, just providing more emotional trauma to Ari because now she can't, you know, she's not able to focus in class with the principal in there. Um, again, that hadn't been done all year until all of this escalated with us being involved as parents. And here we are. And so now we're on call every day um, in case something happens, but we are transferring Ariana to a new school um, next Monday. So that's where we're at. I really would press charges. It, it, it's a step in the my process. Child had, my child could have had an asthma attack. Harassment, decimation of character, uh, stress, uh, uh, pain, uh, what is it called? Pain and stress. Let me pain, pain and, and suffering. suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, just need to get smacked because who raised you? I don't know if that's a charge. Uh, need to be asked who raised you publicly. Well, you can go ahead and ask them because, you know. Who raised you? Hey, we, we need to figure that out. We need to find out. Because it it just does not make sense. So oh. now you you've kind of upended her life, right? At twelve years old, this is a major change coming off of a uh, uh, being isolated with a pan the beginning of the pandemic. We're still in the midst of a pandemic, right? These kids are just now going back to campus, and you know I remember I remember five days a week we want our kids in school our kids and i what i tell you i don't know if i i subscribe to that because our children's experience in school was was harsh before we had this pandemic and so with the pandemic you can just about imagine things were going to they were going to try to go back to business as usual 
business as usual does not and has not worked for our children. So now you have this 12 year old whose life is being upended because the adults don't know how to adult. The adults don't know how to go sit their ass down somewhere and leave a baby alone. And instead of them answering for what they do, they've done, they've decided to kind of hide and they, they'll say, oh, I didn't get your email. That's cool. Cause I got it. I sent it. I can pull it out of my sent items. So when we do get the opportunity, which, you know, we're going to take an opportunity tomorrow at the school board to kind of lay some things out. Because at no time will we ever tolerate this type of behavior going towards our children. And I'm so excited that the family has, has decided that they, they are tired and they don't want to put up with this type of treatment of their child. Because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the parents. It starts with the parents. The parents have more power than they think they do. And when we start to organize our parents and we decide to, that we, we're sick of it and as taxpaying citizens, we deserve for our children to be treated like everybody else. That means the same little grace you give little, little Tommy and little Timmy, Keisha need that too. And, and we expect nothing less. So, I mean, how is Ariana doing now, Heather? How's she doing? Well, um, you know, she's a 12 year old, again, trying to process everything. Um, I should also note we've received um, like letters from current and past teachers about her character and even her current teacher saddened that she's leaving the school. Um, but, you know, she's going to a school where she has no friends yet. You know, I'm sure she'll make some, but just having to go through that experience. Um, it's uprooting her sleeping pattern because that school's on the other side of town. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, sadly, you talk about um, just gener discrimination going through the generations. You know, my husband shared, you know. The VP? You said what? How many of those teachers said something to the VP like, why are you doing this? Mm. But, they wrote little, but they wrote little letters home. <laughs> Yeah. We want to just so, let her let, let us take ourselves off of it. But who stood yeah. up in that classroom and said, "You're not gonna do this"? I love all my students. Stop. That, or I'm that's quitting. That's a good question. And, and we don't know how much they how much they know um, either, other than the news story. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but, but it, it's, it's traumatic. She's 12, so just you know, like my husband shared. Um, you know, he knows the stories of his grandmother, you know, facing discrimination. You know, he has his mother's stories. My daughter heard his stories and even been with him, um, you know, during some uh, police encounters where, you know, unfortunate events happened because of his color. And, and now it's now it now it's now it's happening to her. So it's generational trauma, you know, at yeah. this point. Um, not only for our family, I mean, it's black families across America. Um, and it's just at what, at what point, you know, we've shared with, excuse me, at one point we shared with Ariana, you know, of course, mommy and daddy are fighting for you. Um, but we're also far fighting for the Ariana's coming behind you, you know? That's right. So. Yeah. And, and I just, I just want to ask you this, Heather, because, um, as a mother of a black child, um, 
did you think that your child would ever have to deal with something like this? Was this something that you thought about as, as oh, a, a white uh, parent? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, you know, that's, I think any white person who's raising a child of any other color should know that our experiences as white women are going to be vastly different than the experiences of our child. And just us knowing that lets you know there's a problem. Um, yeah. You know, and then with, with this specific principal and the school, we were already aware of an incident involving uh, um, a black child a couple of years prior. Um, it's just it's just shocking when it happens, but you're always prepared. Uh, but it's just when it's your child and the emotions get involved, it's just more of a, a shock value. But now, you know, once we were over that initial shock, we can't believe we're in this office. You know, now it's you know, feet to the pavement. We riding. <laughs> we got family. Right. We going all the way. So um, but sadly, like I said, you know, as a white woman, I, I knew her life experiences we, would be different. Um, I I <laughs> I work in a in a field where um, uh, I have to stand up for the black voice as a white woman um, because there's no one else standing up for them sometimes in my occupation um, and I'm always going to be a 100% me. Jobs can come and go, but your morals and values make you who you are. So um, that's right. You know, but. My husband and I are a team in this, and um, it's, we know it's going to be a long process just with tomorrow being, you know, the presentation before the board and then legal action, which we know can take years. So, but we're ready. And I think that it's important to kind of underscore that you guys are a team, and, and I, it's just beautiful to see you guys work in tandem to be the voice of your daughter and to protect her. Um, and not allow these folks to have their way with her. I, I just want to commend both of you because sometimes, you know, our parents, they get weary and, and they, you know, they see that that something is coming down the pipeline and they just want to get it over with so they can get on their life. And you guys just said, nah, we about to buckle up and we go ride this out. So, you know, I want to just commend you guys for that because a lot of times as an advocate, you know, uh, we do the heavy lifting. We do the heavy lifting. We try to mitigate the situation. And then when it's over, the families go on their way. But you guys have been lock and step. And, you know, you sent me so much information and you, you, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's. You make sure that you are fully, fully present for your daughter. And that is so beautiful to see. So I just wanted to, you know, commend you guys for that. And then I also wanted to underscore the point that, if they would have known who your baby was, they wouldn't have bothered her. How how <laughs> ridiculous is it that they brought law enforcement to meet y'all and y'all work in the field of law enforcement? How how did that <laughs> like that had to kind of deflate her 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 bubble in a sense? Well, and it just shows you her lack of common sense too. Like you know, but you know, a black man who is in law enforcement still has a whole different journey than a white man in law enforcement. So 100%, that's why 100%. that works. You know, that's why you know, like I said earlier, God works in ways, and luckily 
for not only the Elk Road Police Department, <laughs> but for my husband that that interaction went smoothly because like I said, black men in law enforcement still receive unjust treatment and racial profile every day. Um, a badge doesn't right. change the skin color. So, 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 you know, like it, when you just said that, it made me think of like a, the lady they were calling barbecue Becky, right? So we know how these interactions have gone in the past. So with that mindset, she fully weaponized the police in that, <laughs> in this encounter. And you're right. It could have went a number of ways. Um, and I, I just think that it's a misuse of police resources. And, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Um, because these people are out of control. You do not get to harm my child and then turn around and act like somebody is coming to do something to you unjustly. Like, cut it out. Cut it out. You you instigated this whole situation and you going to roll in with the police? Would they have done that if both your, both you and your husband were white? No. Well, we wouldn't have even been here in the first place. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, like, but we have to be honest about that, right? She fully weaponized the police in this situation where they mishandled your child. They mistreated your child. I would dare say they abused, emotionally abused your child. And then they got the nerve to show up with law enforcement as if y'all had broken the law. I'm so confused. I, I'm not confused. I'm clear. I'm clear on what that was. And it's unfortunate that on top of everything else, you mistreat my child. I come up there to ask you why you didn't go through the adults and you meet me with police. How dare you? And if he would not have known that officer, what would have happened? What were they hoping to see happen? Were they trying to arrest your husband? For coming to check on his daughter that they mistreated and abused like we gotta have these type of conversations because like what, what 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 were they trying to get out of that same thing they're trying to do well, and, and, you, and you know miss yeah and you know miss same thing they're trying to do to her agitate her agitate the baby girl either there or the man or the mother to 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 act in a way that they try to label and the fact mm, that they came yeah. and y'all showed up and y'all showed out the way you did in the proper yeah, way, yeah. major. Well, and you know, nothing more, nothing is more feared in America than the black man. So, especially when he's calm. Especially yeah. when he's calm. You better say that again. <laughs> especially when he's calm because you don't know what he's thinking. Wow. Well, y'all, we have run out of time for today, Heather. Thank you so much for coming on and getting your story out. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be with you tomorrow at the school board meeting. At least I know I will. Um, we'll be at the school yes, board meeting will. with you and your family. And we're going to, uh, you know, do what we do the way that we do it. Um, and it's, you know, like I told y'all last time, I'm about that ice cube life. No I'll Vaseline. There, I'll be there in spirit unless you got <laughs> unless you got a call to Calvary and then you'll see. Well, you know what? I think you still may you be could able zoom to get in. a public you could get a public comment in and you could zoom yeah, in there's to a the zoom. board meeting. Okay. 
So if you, Melissa, if you guys want to give a comment and, and come and, and uh, support Miss Little Ariana, we would love to hear your perspective and your voice. It's, it's just as important as anybody else's. What time tomorrow? Six o'clock. In the evening. Six o'clock in the evening. I'm taking yep. off just so I can attend that. Come on now. It's worth Look more it. than the money. Let's go. Let's go. So we're going to show up and show out for this family. Uh, we invite everybody else who can to come and meet us at the board member meeting or call in um, because this family needs our support and we don't want it to be us uh, next. We don't want to get involved when it, it happens to us. We want to be proactive and we want to support our families as they're going through things right now. So with that, um, remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Black versus the Board of Education. Also, um, visit our student store where you can find all of our gear. Melissa has on the BVBOE shirt. Um, and with that, we're going to hit y'all with the wave. We'll see you next week. I will be broadcasting live from where am I going to be next week? Ohio. So I will see y'all next week. Take care. Don't hurt nobody. And even if you got to hurt them, you know, don't stay there too long. Thank you.